In the motion picture industry, the star vehicle is a tale as old as time, a way to take a bankable star and rake the public for some extra cashola before they move on to a newer make and model. We know referring to human actors as objects isn't great, but we do love a solid star vehicle. When was the last time you said no to an Angelina Jolie movie? Um, never. Do we care about plot and solid writing? Nope. Not when Julia Roberts graces our screen. So, we're watching movies the way your mom watches them. We are asking a lot of questions we'll never have the answers to, but we're keeping our eyes peeled for the stars. Movie critics, we are not. But that won't stop us from preserving this sacred art form. Join us each week as we recap, reframe, and sometimes rewrite your favorite star vehicle. Okay, you can go ahead and give yours. <clears throat> that was my time. I just casually just clear my throat over <laughs> your my snap. solo. <laughs> it, okay. it totally is nope, your solo. No problem. It can be because about wanna, both of us. Because I definitely want to start using this from the get go. I um, want everyone at home to know that when we start recording, we both snap to make sure our audio peaks and yeah. over Stevens. This is Chanel's solo. idea, by the way. I didn't invent it. It's like oh, a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Okay. <laughs> I didn't come up with this. I didn't know. I don't know. You wouldn't. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Over Steven snaps. I just like aggressively cleared my throat off mic. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like the only two seconds of our two hour recording where you're just not supposed to make any noise. And... Yeah. Where it's like it's it's all on you to yeah. perform and I just fucked it up. But we don't want to get we don't want to get, you know, buried deep into the technical talk. No, of course not. I that's just on. That's it. on us. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's, on the, my that's bad. not. That's not on the listener to have to figure out how to make how to make this work. We are so close to the the point where I've woken up today that I probably should have aggressively cleared my throat before this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I woke up like a half hour ago. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh, don't well. share that. Okay. <laughs> what is up, you guys? How's it going? It's your favorite podcasters. Uh, sure it is can we call ourselves that it is my least favorite month of the year <laughs> oh my god wait let's get into that you don't like october i well okay oh. sometimes we record things out of order so but i've said on a previous episode which isn't out already but i'll repeat it now i just i don't like i don't like scary things oh yeah they won't get that episode before this one so we should double down Steven doesn't like being scared. I don't like being scared. I don't like haunted houses. I don't like haunted... I do, okay, here's what I will say. I do like haunted hayrides. And there's a big okay. difference. There's a big difference between a haunted house and a haunted hayride. Here's why. With a haunted house, <laughs> you, have to, you have to move your body through the space. Mm-hmm. And, it's on you. And I have no intrinsic motivation to go from one scary room to the next. But when you're on a haunted hayride, you don't have to worry about that. Someone else is in control. And they, they truly are trickling and they, along. They are just dragging you through. <laughs> it's, spook it's, to spook. It's somehow a speed slower than walking pace. Oh my God. It's always slower <laughs> and and the tractor always breaks down. At the worst part. At the worst part, you're always stuck. I just feel like one, yeah. don't be, don't get offended. One is oh. for children. 
One's for adults. Okay, I've been on some pretty spooky haunted hayrides, Chanel. I'm just going to have to take your word for it because I don't know. Where where in Pennsylvania, where I grew up, is there is a lot of farm country. And those areas, those farms, they make a lot of money this time of year with their spooky, spooky attractions. And haunted hayrides... You're right. They can range from pretty innocent during the daytime, something I might like, to, which is just more of a farm tour, to something more insidious at night. And I've okay. done both. I've done both. Okay. Wow. I don't know if I've done a haunted hayride because I'm really? not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> one time I was on a haunted hayride and you know, I've been on like two haunted hayrides. So like one of the two times I was on a haunted I, hayride. In my mind, I'm like, how many have you gone on? <laughs> Hundreds. Now, the like the the tractor like broke down near this well, and this was like this was early two thousands. So I guess I was like middle school or high school, and don't you know it? But Samara from the ring starts <gasps> crawling out, and I oh that's a good one. I was like, did you I was, shriek? I was staring at the driver. I was like, you better fix this engine now. <laughs> We have to go. We have to go. Seeing you kind of scared. Like I like to Always. see you not have your shit together. Because <laughs> you really do. Like you're you're Virgo. Like you have your shit together at all times. Yeah. So just picturing you I in always, a panic is my favorite. <laughs> my my thought is always like, okay, going to haunted houses to me is 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 insane. Like to to go there for that entertainment is crazy. I but love then, it. I love being scared. But then I'm like, okay, that's one level of crazy. But then to choose to work at a haunted house and be a scary person. Don't you want to like, see the behind the scenes to make it less scary? Don't you want to see the bones of how everything runs? Maybe. That would probably help you, honestly. Yeah. Behind the scenes. So you're saying you I, should work, I should work at a haunted house? As part of your like... <laughs> Do an internship? What's... The- What's it's that like therapy like? Exposure therapy. Exposure therapy. As part of your exposure therapy, you you have you to have like to go work. work inside of a haunted house. <laughs> Wait, did you back in the day love those Ellen scare videos? Oh those yeah, were fun, right? Yeah, with. But I love the original one, and the woman doesn't work there anymore. It was. Yeah. Do you remember Amy, the woman who she would make dress up in like a business suit and send and go out? Through. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember she these. Really, this was she in the fun a, times. That was the fun time when when Ellen would give her guests cigarettes on the show, which that was like season. <laughs> that was early on. Check under your seats. Woo. She would remember she had that camel that she would like just like deposit cigarettes from and give to her guests. I'll be honest with you, I don't remember that at all, but I believe okay. you. Thank like, you. I don't need to fact check that because the, the early you. 2000s, late 90s was like an uncharted time. Yeah. Well, that's the tricky thing with time. Things change, but also things stay the same. Yeah. Which and, is um, a big theme. Big theme in today's episode. Today's Halloween. F- Halloween, the 2018 version. Halloween 2018 what we would call a true star vehicle yeah. for Jamie Lee Curtis. And we've got 40 years on our side to um, make our case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one is, it's like, it's not a reboot. It's not a remake. It's sort of a sequel. Yeah. It's, it's a real continuation. It's a continuation from the 78 version, which to be honest, I haven't seen in a minute but okay 
I I think I I remember the general beats of of the 1978 version. But you well, just rewatched. Lucky for you, Stephen and viewers at home. Yeah. I did a double feature yesterday. I have never seen the 78 version and thought like I should probably get on it and then I double featured it immediately went to 2018. No break. No break. Um <laughs> very okay, there was like a break. Okay. There was some carrots and hummus in between. Oh. Yeah, you <laughs> don't want to eat you don't eat that during the movie. You won't be able to hear. <laughs> We're just like Too I'm just crunch. like waiting for a jump scare and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I get so self-conscious eating on camera, but like I would really eat more snacks if I could. Oh yeah, I I did it for YouTube, so I was on camera the whole time, which is I have to admit it's a really it's not my favorite way to watch movies because you can't really let it wash over you. You kind of have to talk through it. Right. But um it was so much fun. I love that I could ignore every Halloween movie ever made. Yeah. And it, they still made sense. 78, 2018. Yeah. Um, so I have it. I have it fresh up here. Well, that's what I did really like about the 2018 version in, in, in the broadest stroke possible is that it didn't feel like they were shaming you if you didn't like have a picture perfect memory of the 78 movie. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like you plenty have to be of a, exposition. Let me tell you, it was plenty of exposition, and and you never felt like you were in the dark, so to speak, about about what had happened in the dark. But speaking of being in the dark, well, okay, let's start with a summary, and then we'll get into yeah. it. Okay, so because we assume a slight working knowledge amongst our audience of the <laughs> Halloween films. <laughs> I love how I, I started with that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't sign. Stephen does that. not approve that message. I didn't sign on to that statement. <laughs> okay, this is coming from me. No, I mean, just I just feel like people have like a slight working knowledge of it, so it's a, it's a people it's know a concise, people know. A, yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen the originals. Um, I did find out that um, when I was like in middle school or high school, I saw the 2007 Halloween, which is a straight up remake. Okay. So I was sort of familiar with the story from then. Um, but in that, Michael Myers had long hair. And when you're in middle school, you're, and then like I watched the 78, I'm like, wait, where's his long hair though? <laughs> okay, so you had a weird way in. So, I had a really weird way in. Okay. So why don't you just so, read the summary? Yeah, it's a really concise summary. It's just Laurie Strode, played by our girl Jamie Lee Curtis, confronts her longtime foe, Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night for decades ago great oh and i truly love the exact math of that 40 years the first movies in 78 2018 jamie lee 40 years into the future yeah i it's it's, it's in real that. it's real time it's real time it's I love real it. time and, and she's been up to some shit <laughs> literally with all that activia Yo, I forgot. You forgot I about forgot. the Activia commercials? That was like, that was. Yes. I mean, that was basically our childhood, was watching Those her sell yogurt that makes you go to the bathroom. So iconic. Those <laughs> were so iconic. Oh I, my God. Yeah. I wanted Activia from that. My that mom would was be, like, what? Okay, again, we've had, we've had, you know, no, no sponsorship outreach, but I would I'll clear the way for Activia. Yeah, I would wipe our slate clean. Yeah. <laughs> for an activity mention. Okay, so the movie the movie is 40 years later, 
Michael Myers is in jail, prison, mental health facility. Mm-hmm. Who knows I thought what. so. In the seventy-eight version, he's in a mental facility, and it is it does not it does not look board certified. It looks like wow, nope. different time and place, Chanel. Different time and place. The the I have to admit, the one in two thousand eighteen still doesn't look up to code. I, I thought they might update that. They and that's not. what we're going to get into because it really looked like it looked like Jennifer Lopez was running the mental health facility based on the way that she talked about it in Monster and Law. With no qualifications. <laughs> yeah, like this was, these were very interesting. Like the movie has, I think, really noble intentions when it comes to mental health. But when it comes to, when it gets into the nitty gritty, they they it's like a word salad of like, mental health terms that yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you, I'm like maybe there was a better word we could have used <laughs> yeah a lot of those scenes they're kind of just banking on yeah like if someone were a mechanic and they're like the the spooling is not fixed I'd be like mm-hmm. I trust well, you okay so the movie starts and it's no one that we recognize it's these two um were they they're British right yeah they were like British podcasters Um, they called themselves journalists but it made yeah once they said podcasters i was like oh so this is like a serial yeah they're they're doing like a serial speaking of which it just made me want to watch only murders in the building which i did do after oh my sister said it's so good so i want to see it okay back to halloween back to halloween (laughs) so yeah it opens on these podcasters and i'm at first i'm sort of confused as to their function i'm like why are they here yeah um, is it just to bring us into 2018? I don't know. But I thought this was really inappropriate of them. But they yeah. go to visit Michael Myers at his facility, dangling his like mask in front of him. Yeah. At, at, at first beat, I thought, okay, this is cool. Because what the podcasters do or their function is really just to get you caught up to speed with what the story is, like who Michael Myers is, what happened in the 78 version, basically from beat one to be like, okay, did you, if you didn't watch, here's what happened. But as soon as they get to the mental health facility or prison, unclear to Mm. meet with Michael Myers, who is his back is to us and he's chained in a courtyard for outdoor recreation time. And Oh, they, yeah. They were like, our inmates do enough activity every day. I'm like, he's standing outside. He wasn't moving. And he looked, He, you know, his shoulders were kind of slumped over. I don't think he was having, it wasn't a good day for Michael. He wasn't, nope. he Didn't wasn't getting, like he, he wasn't going to get a smile on his chart that day. But Mm-mm. no stickers. The podcasters are like, oh, we have some questions for Michael. And, you know, I would assume they would be like, hey, Michael, do you have any regrets? Anything like that. They get up there and they start screaming questions. They taunt him. I was like, this is really inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Like sit across from him over a meal. And then you're right. They take out a mask, which I don't know if it was like a reproduction or if it was the original, that's even stranger. But they like hold it out. And it was a, it was a doctored version of the original. Like it was a very Yeah, it was, mod- it was more mo- It was more modern. And... Mm-hmm. Um, they hold it out at him and they're screaming, screaming, but Michael doesn't turn around. He doesn't do anything. Um, he sort of has no reaction to the mask, at least from our perspective. From our perspective. 
Yeah. And then it's like, uh, it kind of incites a little bit of um, commotion. Commotion in, in the, the yard. <laughs> in the yard. And then we kind of cut to the title sequence, right? We cut this, to... This was my boom. favorite. Yeah. Then that... I love the title sequence. Then that title sequence song starts. Oh, I love the Michael and, Myers like jingly theme. It's And it's so fresh. Good. It's a little fresh. It's a little remixed from the original, but it's it's still the same. Oh, it was great. I loved it. I love that song. I love the title sequence. Worth mentioning that they um they did like a play on the 78 one. So the 78 one is a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. And then same, the orange lettering. And then this is like a, a wilted jack-o'-lantern coming back to life. Yeah. Very cool. Very into it. And then who do we see? Do we see JLC? Well, then, then after the title sequence is done and you're riding that high, they the two podcasters are driving oh, yeah. up, up to... A house. Well, actually, they drive up a to bunker. a gate. A gate. <laughs> yeah. And we find out that this is where Jamie Lee Curtis is living. And mm-hmm. they are going to give her $3,000 to do an interview. And she accepts because she's short on cash. Yeah. Good and deal. Good, great deal. Good and deal. It. they go to her house, which is like essentially uh a bunker like you're saying yeah it's a bunker it's pretty intense lots of security but what i did love is that her home on the in okay the outside it looked a little unappealing on the inside it was pretty spick and span yeah it was nice and clean everything had a form and a function (laughs) everything had a home which i love every 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 plate and and piece of silverware had a place to be which i loved it, it really did seem like she had 40 years to make it so. Yeah. Um, every little trap door, every little mannequin, every little weapon in its place. And she knew where they, where it all was. Yeah. It's just like to be in the middle of nowhere like that just gives me the creeps. The creeps. Yeah. It's really scary. Um, but they come, they do their interview with her and she's very withholding. And she's clearly not okay. From 40 years ago. She's like... Well, they're, these podcasters like double down and being rude because then they're like, yeah, hey... They're so pushy. They're like, hey, that was weird, 1978. Um, also, your daughter, she was taken away from you. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> yeah, she's like so fucking rude. She's like, excuse me? And they're like, oh, yeah. Well, and we also forgot to mention all those guys you slept with and then divorced. I, I know. Like, excuse what excuse me yeah i wrote i would kick these people out of my house (laughs) and she kind of does she does kick them out she takes her money but i was like okay there are like literally this is like a bunker house there's clearly weapons in the home you're gonna come into her house and taunt her yeah it's the same way they treated michael myers they treated her i was like wow okay see where this is going but i will say though that like jamie lee curtis in this scene she is she is acting this whole movie. She's acting. She is acting. Like. And it's just great to see. It's She took this very seriously. She did take it seriously. And I think that it really helps elevate it because some of the other characters, rightfully so, are are goofy. Like these podcasters, they're not goofy, but they're... They're, they're, they're borderline unbelievable in the sense that their behavior is so inappropriate that it's like... Yeah, it's real inappropriate. Um, but that's okay. They're not, they're not like fully realized people. They're, I know they're like playing a role. So it yeah, helps. Yeah, I understood their function in this. 
at first like pass through I'm like what was their function to like taunt to give us some backstory and then to die in an epic way which yeah that works <laughs> but um yeah that, that works for me worked. but I, I didn't realize that they had another worked <laughs> they also had another function too. um oh. locate the mask I didn't realize this until the second pass when I went through the movie again right um yeah Michael Myers needs his face he's yeah he can't go out He's a little camera shy. He needs he, that and mask. And he's like, and you know, they're like, we can't have a Halloween movie without the mask. And they're like, where is he supposed to go for it? A museum? No. Yeah. It was so very clever. That. It was very clever. It was clever. Yeah. So I, I was annoyed by the podcasters. I'm like, they're so rude. Yeah. But Jamie Lee Curtis is selling it for us. Yeah. She's, I believe her. She's doing a lot of whisper acting, which is classic star vehicle build. She starts with a lot of whispers. She's like, She's like, you don't, they're like, I don't believe in the boogeyman. Like, do you believe in the boogeyman? And she's like, you don't. You don't. It's really good. She's stoic. She's still, I love her characters, like, Fri- fried hair. hair. <laughs> yeah, the hair's like fried. It just, the, if anything, she sells it as, it's been 40 years and I've had 40 years to think about this. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. It was so well done. But then, okay, so we're teasing that moment that like her relationship with her daughter is not good. And then the next Mm -hmm. scene, we've cut to, I guess who we can infer and we find out is her daughter. Yeah. Played by Judy Greer. Breakfast time at the Greer household. (laughs) Okay, what was wrong with the dad? Okay. What was going, I truly to this day, and I watched the movie yesterday, so I guess... (laughs) To this day. For 12 I, whole hours. What is going, wait, what was the point of the dad acting I didn't so get it. weird? If, okay, so there's like a is grander thing. Is he a stepdad? I don't know. He was acting so bizarre, super weird. I could only think maybe the actor was like, I got an idea. And the director was like, can we stick to the script? And he was like, no. Because he felt out of control. Like he felt he like. He felt so out of control and I wanted him dead. <laughs> Because, okay, Die. I don't even remember what that dad was doing, but the dad is acting so over the top, like he's in a zany comedy. And I know at first I was like, oh, my first thought was, okay, maybe he's like a stepdad and he's just doesn't like maybe the daughter just like needs a husband and she like takes on these these weird men. But then no. I was like, they don't... I think le- he was just normal dad. <laughs> I think he was just her dad. Yeah. He was. He was just like a normal, annoying dad. I but found in this movie... Very, he didn't... He like didn't fit in at all with the yeah, tone I of the movie. I didn't appreciate it. Did you... This is so random. Did you watch The Secret Life of the American Teenager? No. No, right? <laughs> the, same thing in that show where it was everything was melodramatic and really weird, but the dad really stuck out like a sore thumb. You were like, what's his problem? <laughs> And this, okay? okay, this scene was like, okay, so we, in this scene we meet Judy Greer, who is Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. Then we meet Judy Greer's daughter. I don't know her name. And then we meet Weird Allison, Dad. I think. Yeah, yeah. Weird Dad. We're just going to call him Weird Dad. I think, um, worth mentioning now, and then we'll double back on it later. I think they were painting the men in this movie to be kind of like dummies. Because that's not the first time we see a guy just like. I just, okay, I think you've said this before on other episodes, but like. In a movie, okay, this is a big movie. Like this is a this movie made a lot of money, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Like yeah, nothing you can't spare to have something be so unintentional. Like they they had to have been doing it's this all intentional 
for some reason. And I really think I really think that it was to isolate or show the differences between the women in this family and the men. Yeah. And yeah, I, that, that was the only thing left for me to infer. Because, okay, also there was a really weird moment in the scene that I wrote down because I, and I still don't know. Okay, they cut to Judy Greer making breakfast potatoes, okay? I don't know yeah. if you remember this. I, I do. And Not she, very many. She puts her finger on the skillet. And she's like, ow. I was like, okay, I was like, why? I didn't get Is there that a point either. to the but isn't it weird though? They cut to it in a close up of her putting her finger on the skillet. And I, I don't know, maybe not intentionally burning herself, but testing it. Testing it. <laughs> I didn't I didn't understand that either, because why would you fill space with that? Why would you put a second of your runtime towards that? Right. The only thing I could think is towards the end end. Jamie Lee Curtis does glance down at a cast iron pan right. in her home. And I think she uses it to hit Michael Myers over the head with. Yeah. And I was like, was that just like them being like, there's backstory with this pan? Yeah, it was almost <laughs> it like... Because it was cast iron. Yeah, it was very strange. I was like... But it did... I will say this. It did make me think, whether intentional or not, like there's something more to her. Like I, yeah. I clocked something because... And this is tough to say, and I, I recognize that it's that this is what they want you to think up until the last 30 seconds of the movie. This character is annoying AF. <laughs> she's so she's so disrespectful. The daughter, yeah. not the granddaughter. Judy No, I know Judy Greer. <laughs> and we said this before we started rolling. And this is not an indictment of Judy Greer. It's just her character. It's just like she is pathetic. We did say this before we rolled. Not Judy Greer. We don't know her. No, I know. It's just the character. the character. I was just like, she was insufferable in this movie. Yeah. I but just, I get it. I sort of get why, but it was just like, oh my God. I almost am like, I don't know what I would have preferred is how I feel. It's like, okay, it's been 40 years. So they really did feel like they had to smack you over the head with this exposition. Yeah. We, we've said it before. We're fans on this pod of show. Don't tell. Right. It was like so much telling like mom abused me. Social services took me, but I'd argue that like those little lingering moments with the pan or, Mm -hmm. um, we got a flashback scene of mom basically like becoming an assassin, (laughs) like learning how to, I don't know. Oh yeah, um, like, like it's like shooting up the mannequins. Like we get a Kill Bill status training montage of little mom, little Judy Greer, just like learning how to oh, shoot, learning yeah, yeah, how to yeah. survive. And I'm like, okay, that is better for me. I don't well, know about that's you. what I'm saying is that this okay, like this the the moment of her burning her finger intentionally on the pan. If you would have just left it on its own, it's enough to make you think. There's something else going on because we do get the flashbacks later on, but because they're constant, because they have Judy Greer's character constantly complaining about her grandmom, after a certain point, you're just like, we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. (laughs) We get it. Okay. Deal with your kooky husband because I know they do it in the AM before school, in the PM after school, at dinner. Grandma comes through. It's just like constant, and I'm just like, I think we could have used one less 
scene of Judy Greer's character complaining about mom. I agree. Because, Just one less. Because her character's transition literally doesn't happen until the last 30 seconds of the movie. And then we, we don't get badass Judy Greer. We only get her for 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> literally 30 seconds. Yep. So anyway, so this house, you know, it's very anti-grandma zone. Yeah. And yes. um, the daughter, um, she leaves the house to go to school and she has her two kind of low life friends. One of, oh yeah, low life friends. One of them has bubble tea, and I'm like, wow, this. I is- said that. I'm like, <laughs> this time this town has it all. <laughs> I'm like, this town in the small town Illinois has a bubble tea shop. Yeah. <laughs> in the AM. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. It was like 6 AM, and she in had, the morning times. And she had just I also, had bubble tea. <laughs> this is this is ridiculous of me to even harp on, but I have a real problem when they paint like you have all this time in the mornings. Maybe you did, Stephen, because you got up early. Yeah, but, but not not that kind of time. Mom made breakfast potatoes. Daughter is at the table. Dad is being a weirdo goof, for being a goof. way too long. Way too long in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, who has this time? And then the low life friends and then the bubble tea. But they have I enough time to, to, to blow up a pumpkin. Oh my God. Yeah. He is like a, a casual firecracker in his pocket <laughs> in, at six in the morning. Better set that off before you bring it into the school building. Also, I saw hay nearby and I was like, that's going to start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um I just I just in that moment I said, "Oh, these are not people that I would be friends with." That's kind of what they <laughs> wanted. <laughs> I appreciated the Lily friend aspect because it is one of the f- only callbacks to 1978 where um yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is like the prude one, like the original right. prude, and then like her friends are these like loose, fast and loose kids and they updated it for 2018. Like you kind of got the feeling that something was up with right. the dude. You know, he might have been like high or something. Oh, and yeah. And then, yeah yeah. 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 And then, like, girl, same with the girl. Like, they were just painting. One was studious. One one was receiving the honor of being inducted into the honor society that evening. That's right. And the other don't, two. And don't you forget it. And don't you fucking forget it. And the other two clearly were not. No, those two. Like, they weren't invited. <laughs> they weren't invited. They didn't even know about it. How about that? <laughs> They're like, wait, what? Where they... are you going tonight? I did. The school scene was a classic. This was one of the first times that I that I did scream out loud, and this gets me every time. Is a is oh, a is a cut to a locker shut. Yes, yes. A slam. I <laughs> locked that in my brain. I was like, if I were in theaters, I would have jumped there. Oh yeah, it got. I would have like kicked. It got but, um, me because I was like in my room. I just got startled. Yeah, just <laughs> recoiled against the wall. I was just like. <gasps> I love jump scares. I think they're so fun. I, the more, the better. Jump scares are good as long as they're each one delivers on the promise. So, like, I like this one because it got yeah, it got me. I hate okay, if you're gonna wind me up, you better let me jump out of the box. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good. You know what I mean? I hate a the fake, little toy box. Yeah, I don't like a fake scare. Yeah. I really do wish I could have allowed myself more jump scares. I was just like being very analytical watching this one. But when when I go to Halloween Kills next week in theaters, I'm going to fucking jump and it's going to be great. I bet. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> okay. So we're in school and she has like another, sle- there's another sleazy guy, her like boyfriend. Her love interest. Who I also hate. He, he was they just. Were, 
kind of greasy. Yeah. They just were like, I think the something about the men in this movie, I think they wanted all of the male characters to fall away by the end, which they quite literally did. Right. I think they wanted all the male characters to fall away so that we were left with this like trifecta of three generations of like strong women. I think that was the intent. Absolutely. Because there are scenes coming up where like men are distant from the action and then they basically are ineffective and they yeah and they and like, they're like body they're part of the body count which i kind of love yeah i did i did enjoy it i once you settle into the violence i <laughs> i got more comfortable because once you settle into the violence <laughs> the first 45 minutes i found were the scariest in the movie because i was just waiting for it to happen but then once mm-hmm. Once, like, once things get going, I, I was kind of just like, okay, like, who's who's next? Now we're cooking. But you're right. She she meets up with her, like, greasy boyfriend. He's just, like, skeevy. He has a friend who's even more skeevy. Yeah. Ugh. We're supposed to get, like, loser from him. Loser, but they, like, tolerate loser. him. And yeah, they keep him around because he makes them look good. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, is he wearing a mask? But then it was like, no, he's just. Is that, he, this is his face. <laughs> but um they go to dinner we can like the thing is i want to skip ahead and i want to like fast forward to like the action of halloween yeah i think we need to there is so little jamie lee curtis i'm now realizing that i'm like we're really missing a chance to hit on jamie again at dinner okay so okay so well this is after the school day after the school day you're right this movie surprisingly doesn't have that much jamie lee curtis it, yes. It's it is predominantly the granddaughter, I would say. And I would say mm-hmm. that I didn't mind her performance. I thought she was pretty good. She's a really good no, screamer. She's a good screamer. Yeah, I was pretty psyched with her performance and I was pretty psyched to see a no-namer. I actually love when we get a no-namer and like introduce them to the world. That's what they did in 78 with Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, if you discount the fact that her mother was Janet Lee, yeah, which yeah. we all do. Whatever. Um, Whatever. And... I love like family business acting. I'm fine with it. Okay. I love it. So you love Gwen and Blythe. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not. I have no problem with it. The um, so they go to a dinner to celebrate the granddaughter being in the National Honor Society, as you do, yeah. as you do. I'm sure you had. My one. family never celebrated that. They were like, "That's expected of you." <laughs> <laughs> they go to a dinner. I mean, it looks. It's nowhere special. It's yeah. It's Dad's a, being weird again with a boyfriend. Dad's being weird at the boyfriend, and they these two these kooks they announce that they're going to be Bonnie and Clyde. But with a twist for Halloween. With a twist. And we're so excited for it. That was fun. That was so fun. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Bonnie and Clyde is pretty cute for a couple's costume. But yeah, I was excited to see the twist. Me too. And <laughs> it delivered. It was pretty good. Um, but Grandma crashes dinner. Grandma like, crashes dinner. I mean, she sort of was invited, but she she didn't RSVP. Let's just say that. Yeah. So it is a little surprise. It's a surprise for everyone. And I liked what they did with this dinner just because um, it seems to be like the only one who relates to grandma or at least has any sympathy for her 40 years of torture is granddaughter. Yeah. Allison. Granddaughter is sympathetic and is like excited to see her. Judy Greer is like staring at her with contempt and like weirdo dad is doing God knows what at the end of the table. Yeah. Just some something unrelated, honestly. (laughs) He was doing that annoying thing where like. It's like, okay, someone is behaving inappropriately. So the grandma comes in, she behaves inappropriately by grabbing the wine glass and drinking it. And like the daughter mm-hmm. calls her out on it. And then like yeah. and then like weirdo dad like just repeats it. 
And it, and then everyone just looks at him and it's like, shut up. Like, <laughs> Do you come up with that? Yeah, it's like, you, you. what are you doing? You're adding nothing. That's his character. Adds nothing. Yeah. You're right. They really are devaluing the men in the movie. Yeah, I mean. That's fun. I'm here for it. <laughs> I like it. I'm into it. After nearly 100 years of male domination in the movies, I'm ready to see them become bodies. Let's go. Well, okay. So, yeah. Grandma, the reason why Grandma, Jamie Lee Curtis, is is so wound tight like a top at this dinner is that that night she reveals that Michael Myers is going to be transferred inexplicably (laughs) from one prison to another to To serve out the rest of his sentence. The rest of his days. And I knew in this moment, I'm oh, like, something's okay. going to happen here. Here we go. And and JLC knew it too. She's like. She had that intuition, that female intuition. <laughs> she had that lady intuition. And she's like, this is not. And she's been not. waiting 40 years for this. So, so they load Michael Myers up on the bus with other prisoners. It's a big transfer day. And shockingly. Something happens. Something happens. Michael yeah. overturns the bus and mm-hmm. the bus flips over. We see a really, okay, really, really uncomfortable scene where like a boy and his dad, I thought it was his grandfather. They, they come across all the escaped prisoners. Grandfather leaves, grandfather dies. And then we watch Michael Myers kill the boy. Kill the little boy. That was uncomfortable. I loved that little boy. He was like, I want to dance, dad. Take me to dance. It was very Billy Elliot. He should have been in a Western because the way that he was holding that shotgun walking around, I was like, you could have been in a Western movie. There's still time. He had the best raspy little kid voice. Yeah, he was good. It was like he smoked a pack pack a day. Yeah, he was really good. One more, like this, I'm articulating this in this moment, but like, is this another win for like the feminine in this movie? Because he wanted to, I, I didn't really understand it, but like. He wanted to dance. Like, right. Why I, have that exposition? No, I think that there was something. I think there was something to be said that this this boy was not traditionally masculine, yeah. and and he died up until this right point. Away. But up until this point, he was the most effective man in the movie. Like he really was. He looked so good. He like, does he die. Like he knew how to hold a gun. He does die, but he. I would rather have that six-year-old guarding my house than <laughs> any of the other male characters. Agree. Agree. He's pretty great at it. But yeah, so the body count is starting to slowly climb. It's actually pretty great. Um, okay, this was really funny. Is that after the scene, the local sheriff, whatever, goes to something to meet with somebody and they are reviewing the prisoners who were on the bus and yeah. the guy's like uh just a bunch of low rank like low rank felons he goes except for this guy and this he, guy. he, he re- highlights michael myers <laughs> he really stood out he really stood out to me and he shows the guy the name and the and babysitter he, murders 78 40 years ago to this day to this day and then <laughs> this this reminded me of miss congeniality because the sheriff of the Great town of uh, the town goes, um, what are we going to do? Cancel Halloween? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yes. Yes, you are. What are we going to do? Cancel the pageant? Yeah. <laughs> I know he says it and it's so funny and I, I lulled so hard, but it's like, 
Yeah, yes. they've canceled Halloween before. Like they, we've had curfew on Halloween before. It's like this is yeah, a small town. It's small. There's 200 people Cancel here. It. Just say, I just say there is a murderer on the loose. Yeah, murderer on the loose. Maybe you can trick or treat from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. The second it gets dark, get inside. Get inside. You know what I mean? Like I wanted like some sort of quarantine, some sort of um. Yeah. Yeah, just like wrap it up early. <laughs> right, daylight, daylight only, and it was yeah. like. It was that idea was disposed of in five seconds, and it was pretty funny. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I it, it just it did remind me of like this idea of like, it's like the police don't have jurisdiction over Halloween. What are you crazy? No. We're not going to we shut stop. this down. We can't stop people from going house to house and arbitrarily knocking on doors and asking for candy. It's so weird. In full costume and masks. <laughs> what are you nuts? <laughs> I am so excited though. Um, oh wait, We're, we would glaze over the podcaster murders if I skipped to Halloween. Well, copyright okay, that with is, what I'm calling that is the next scene. After this, is that yeah. the, the podcasters are driving somewhere and at a gas station? At a gas station. Does she say you're gonna you're gonna blush? Does she say she has to go number two? <laughs> she says something really cross like that. Does she say that? <laughs> I think she I think does. She. Does. she this woman, I was like, ugh. And then I rewound many times. I'm like, is she referring to gas pump number two, or no. is she like, what? she was, she was, ugh. And then I don't know if you caught it, but you could see Michael in the background in one of the scenes. In, oh, at I the don't gas know station, you could see it because the woman in a van is staring at them like, like she saw a ghost. And, oh yeah, and she the, was not very friendly. And this guy was like, hello, hello, hello. And, and she, she was nothing. like, she was like giving me nothing. I was like, you are like not reading the room. So yeah, those podcasters were not of this world. She goes into the office and she's like, where's the loo? And he's like, huh? Yeah. She's like the bathroom. Mm-hmm. He's like around. I'm back. British. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm British. The bathroom sequence was really tense and fun. Did you find that? I wrote down this bathroom scene, oh my God. Because I thought this was like, this was a really good horror scene. Yes, I loved it. It looked like a set from Saw. This bathroom Mm -hmm. was disgusting. It hasn't been wiped down since for 40 years. I thought that. I was like, how long has it been since someone went in there with with Lysol? Yeah. And so basically the podcaster lady goes in, Michael Myers follows her in dumps bloody teeth in her stall like this was so good oh this sequence was my favorite in the whole movie it was so tense so scary she's behind like a stall door you're like would that protect you in this situation no yeah he dumps the bloody teeth over um she crawls stall to stall like oh everything about this was so fun i like that it was so simple like it was there was no like craziness to it and I mean, obviously, it was insane. Like she, like I mean, literally, there was craziness to it. Both spoiler alert: both the podcasters die. So, like, yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. But what I mean is that, like, there was no like machine gun or or anything like no laser swords. It was just yeah, simple, 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 horror. simple. Just kind of shake her till she dies. Yeah, and then the, the guy podcaster comes in, joins her, and it becomes a two for one special for Michael Myers. I loved it. She could have so got scary. she could have gotten away when when the boy comes I know. in. And when he was like preoccupied killing the man. She should have like bolted. She she didn't. She, she like stayed. took her grand old time getting the crowbar, and by the time she gets her little fingers around it, 
Michael has wrapped up his business with the man and he's like, all right, that's enough. Your turn. <laughs> Come over here. Spotlight's back on you. Come here. So they're dead, RIP, which was, it. not that I really, okay, not that I wanted to see them die, but like. But you kind of did. You did want to see them die because they were so rude and disrespectful to this town. And yeah, I think that's another genius element of the screenplay. I think they're, they want to make sure you want these people dead. I think that that's true. And there is another character who will die later on who I felt the same way with. And it was like. Yeah, many. It was a many weird characters. moment of like, you just wanted, you were just ready for all the other people to die so that you could just narrow it down to like who we really wanted to be fighting. Because it's like, yeah, we're not going to get that fun, fun, fun fight until we get all these other people out of the way literally yeah i will say like from 78 version to this one like i really loved the epic like the body count was just oh my god if in the first movie there was like four or five dead it, there was like 35 dead in this one it's pretty nice yeah it was it was good because then michael goes out because he remembers he's a thinker that there was the mask in the trunk he grabs the yep and it's game time game on i missed that the first way through or it's not like i missed it but i just didn't clock because i couldn't understand the function of those podcasters i was like were they just here to die this whole time maybe but it was kind of nice that they were there um to show him the mask and so he could get his face back like that was very cool yeah like their function was to remind the audience and remind him like they were doing this is who you are and they sort of not that Jamie Lee Curtis needed a reminder, but like they also kind of like shift her into gear a little bit because by them bringing everything up, it sort of surprises everyone's attention to this again. So yeah, it's like that tension building. Thank you for your service. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on from you. So oh yeah, so then we're at Halloween. We're on. Ho- we're at Halloween night. Yeah, it cuts to Yay. Michael. It cuts to Halloween night. The sun is set and Michael is on Main Street, Haddonfield, ready to, ready he's to. He's like ready to get back to business. Like it's been 40 years and he's rusty. He's, so he practices. He's He practices and he needs to find the right weapon because he finds, yes. he finds a hammer and he's like, well, I can nope. use this for a minute. So he, he kind of, <laughs> he kind of tap, tap, taps this lady until she's gone and then conveniently gone. she had just been slicing something so there was a knife on the counter and he says well he didn't say anything but i could tell he smiled under his mask and he, he was like this is an even trade yeah trade trades yeah and he was trades. nice enough he left the baby alive he did i was pretty surprised by that i was like wow okay he did leave um, the baby and then he he basically just goes house to house because <laughs> he does I didn't under the first time through as well. I didn't understand this function. I was like, okay, we're just gonna see some kills. This is gonna be great. But you're right. He's trading. He's he's upgrading weapons. He's just trade for trade. He's upgrading for knife. He's like upgrading weapons and sort of like what the psychiatrist is saying is that like he is like relearning the behavior, the murderers. It's been forty years, so yeah, he's rusty for sure. He's definitely rusty. Um, I love copyright free Halloween in movies. I just want to say. What do you, what do you like? Just, okay, so every Halloween scene in a movie ever, yeah, it's just all copyright-free costumes. Oh, like the sexy so, nurse that we saw? Yeah, so when we <laughs> cut to the school gym and it's like this Halloween dance. Oh, it's, wow. It's just a sea of like unicorns. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
and like nuns. Okay, and, like, wait. <laughs> the the school dance was confusing because Okay, so we sort of touched on it. Michael Myers goes house to house. He gets his knife, he kills people, whatever. Then it cuts to this school dance, but this was a pretty elaborate dance. I mean, you had you had budget. the sexy cheerleaders dancing all in slightly different costumes doing a routine. I mean mm-hmm. that gym Choreo. was that gym was packed and everybody had a really tasteful costume on. Yes. It was nice. And I love a high school dance scene. I love a costume party scene. This felt epic. This felt huge. This felt Yeah. I would have liked to have budget. been I would have liked to have been at this party and we find out the okay. twist. We find out the twist. They are Bonnie and Clyde as promised, but he is he, the man, is Body. dressed as a yeah, he's dressed as Bonnie. And she stresses Clyde. They're so crazy. They're so crazy. And they're so nuts. They're, and this really speaks to what we've been talking about, but that's, that's, that's the theme of the movie. Men are women and women are men. <laughs> yeah. Which they try to pass as like great. And like it's really progressive. <laughs> as like really progressive. And like yet again, it's like another thing. It's funny though because like when he puts the costume on, he had always been he had already been a little bit whiny already. But when he puts the costume on, he really just becomes like a whiny girl and like he throws a fit at 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 um well, okay. Ow. She catches him cheating. Yeah, within like making out minutes with somebody else. of being at the party. And she calls him on it and she's just like, "Okay, that's not cool. Like I'm done. This is this is not fun." And he has a temper tantrum. Where he takes her phone and throws it in the pudding. Yeah, in pudding. And I was like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, I just wrote, I hate this tool boyfriend. <laughs> he was such a douche. I was like. He was a super douche. She, they do a great job making her like super level-headed, super logical. She's like, no, I'm not standing for this. Goodbye. He, like you said, literally throws a temper tantrum. Phone in the pudding. I'd argue she probably should have got her phone out of the pudding. It, I she, dropped she my phone in off. water and you can pull it out. I mean, I bet that phone yeah. still would have worked. Um, yeah. But we needed it gone for like the purposes of the next like hour of the movie. Yeah, because just as, just as he grabs her phone to throw it in the pudding, J- JLC is giving her a ring ring because Michael Michael's is out. out. And Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> we got to a scene. <laughs> This is my favorite scene in the movie. There are kids trick-or-treating. Jamie Lee Curtis just gets out of her pickup truck with a huge gun and swings it around at all the kids. And she's like, get off the street! Get inside! (laughs) And she does have, like, the sheriff on her side. So people kind of, like... I was like, okay, I don't know if Biden's done nominating people, but she should be director of (laughs) Homeland Security or, like, secretary of defense. (laughs) on the cabinet. Like... I wish, and I was hoping that she would have, but she didn't do it. I love, I love a warning shot in the air in a movie. Pop. I would have loved a desk pop. I would have loved a few pop, pop, pops into the sky just to get everyone's <laughs> attention to be like, this is not a drill. This is not. We're not playing around. Get inside. Yeah, this is for real because we know we already know the local sheriff can't cancel Halloween. No, she's done. But, but who can? A strong-willed grandmother. Yeah, she's she's clearing the street, street by street, with her and her semi-automatic, and oh, she's so good. I mean, very too little Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. Um, I definitely could have used more, but 
I just believe her every time. She understood what she had to do. I think this is what I want to say. She did her homework for this movie. Yeah. Jamie did her homework. She had a story. She had a background from the character. She knew why she was there. And she really just... She knew what the stakes were. Like she had assigned it real life stakes for us. Right. So Jamie Lee Curtis clearing the streets and then... Uh, the granddaughter is walking home. She basically looks like Annie Hall as she's walking down the street in men's clothing. And there's the weirdo boy from the school from before who like tries to make an awkward move on her. It was so mm-hmm. uncomfortable. She's like, no. No. Back off. And there's he a He meets his There's a lot what? of like teen drinking condemnation in the movie too like she initially gets so mad at her former boyfriend because he is drinking at at the party and then it becomes clear that like his friend is also drunk so like there's like this which i think is like a fun trope in these horror movies of like yeah if, if you behave badly you get bad consequences the consequences yeah it's okay from 1978 the 1978 version i know they weren't shooting for camp like i knew i know they weren't going there for tropes in camp but today it ends up reading really campy because i think it was like the inception of a lot of these tropes like i think it was the beginning of um you know virgins live and like the slutty ones die like that was like the whole thing so i was really missing that layer of fun in this one Mm -hmm. they were kind of like anti-troping um, or just trying to put a very 2018 message on things like teen drinking is bad. Yeah, I um, think I think that they the problem when you become so self-referential like this is that you lose the space to do something new. And yeah, it was very much like, OK, what we're not going to do is we're not going to pick on girls for being like having sex. We're going yeah. to pick on boys we'll for drinking. And it was like. Yeah. It's sort of just like the same thing, though. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, you're just picking something that teens do and then you're going to kill them for it. (laughs) (laughs) And it all lent to that grander body count, which ultimately I was looking for in this, in like a sequel. So I'm happy. But it did work because, like, in this scenario, I was ready for this guy to die from the high school scene. So, yeah, I was ready for him to die from the locker slam. And I, so, and what I did like about this scene is, that we had just we had just watched like five people die by Michael Myers by him doing like sneaky home invasions. So this was fun to watch because it was a different style of killing where like Michael was mm-hmm. moving through these like security lights and then all of a sudden he just like sneaks up on him and kills him. So yeah. I did appreciate that it was slightly different and it was genuinely I scary. Loved the different killings. Yeah. I, I mean like we had such good varied killings like he pretty much got impaled on a fence oh yeah you find that out really like when cool she, yeah he gets impaled on the fence annie hall granddaughter runs back sees it and she gives a good scream she gives her first oh. big scream like queen. scream queen scream and i was like okay i'm down to clown with her she is ready to scream and she goes running 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 and it's unclear because she can't find a house to get into and they cut. And yeah. I did laugh because when we cut, they the police officer, this like inept police officer or police sergeant is talking about Jamie Lee Curtis and he's like, oh, she's lost her marbles. I was like, again, <laughs> did Jennifer Lopez write the script? Like, 
This is monster-in-law all over again. Um, in the 1978 version, one of her friends calls Jamie Lee Curtis. She goes, you're cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like, uh There was. A nice little nod. There. And then we, we, okay. So then they bring out the new psychiatrist or, well, we had already met him, but they bring the psychiatrist from the beginning who's going to. New Dr. Loomis. New Dr. Loomis, who they're going to help, who's going to help them track down Michael. And he says mm-hmm. something here that's a little odd because he's like, you can't hurt him. He's property of the state. And yeah, I was I'm like, like huh? what? Come again, sir? <laughs> this, this man needs to die. Yeah, I was like, huh? And I honestly forgot about it until later, but it does make more sense. What? Why he would say that. Oh, I mean, Once the yeah. twist. The twist, the reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was so confusing to me. Okay, like, I I think the movie a lot of times was really taking pains to not kill Michael almost to a corny degree because we we want those sequels. Like, we really want that. You want the $100 million sequel. Right. So it was, you knew they couldn't kill him. So it was just funny to watch them not try not to. (laughs) Right, because because in the next scene... Pretty quickly, they drive around and they find Michael. Keep your, she goes, the, the doctor's like, keep your eyes open. He might be around. Three Allison, seconds later. Me, there he is. There he is. <laughs> I go, wow, he's like really easy to spot. And and then within three seconds, they've hit him with a car. And, yeah, don't kill him. And yeah, the movie, the, gets out. the movie should be over. <laughs> It should be. I was like, oh, he's gone. Do you want to know what I did think was going to happen? Which I I don't know how I would have felt about it at the end, but it was cool. He, so they hit Michael. Mm-hmm. He's down for the count. Right. Um, Sergeant guy is like dead. Be- oh, okay. So then the doctor gets out <laughs> and in a fun you twist. You love mixing things up for the viewers. Yeah, I just, I mixed it up for myself. Sorry, <laughs> that was my problem. Okay. Rewind, rewind. Okay. So they've hit Michael. Yeah. He's like down for the count. Yeah. Doc gets out. And as the sheriff is like tending to Michael... Doc stabs Sheriff. Right. Shock. Twist. Shock. Right? So I was absolutely shocked. But what happens after that is what I thought was going to be the new twist of the rest of the Halloween franchise. And I bet this is the same thing that I wrote down. Doc puts the mask on, right? Right. I thought he was going to become the new Michael Myers. Did you think that? I wrote, this is the transferable property, baby. I learned about this in geometry. I thought. Yes. I thought that Michael was. Dead. property. What did I say? Transformative or transferable? Yeah. yeah. Transferable. Yeah. <laughs> transferable property. No, I thought the same thing because one of the weird or one of the things that I think the movie has a hard time grappling with is whether or not he's a real person. Because I think that what the movie yes. wants, what the movie ends up or what the movie wants you to believe is that he is a real person. But mm-hmm. I think they're battling themselves with this idea because there are too many scenes that are implausible that he would survive, which is why I really did think that when Jamie Lee Curtis is talking about him not as a person but as a boogeyman, I thought like what they were trying to get at is that he's not a person. He's he's more than that. He's he's yeah, a Yeah, he's like a figment. He's like your yeah. worst fear come alive. Yeah. He's like, a f- literally in the credits they only call him the shape 
But if you um, but if you like watch Myers. some other things, and I know there's like if there are any like true Halloween heads out there, they're probably like screaming right now if they're listening to this. But like, what the movie is suggesting or what they are believing is that he's a person because Jamie Lee Curtis in interviews also talks about this. Well, she refers to him as a, the boogeyman in the beginning. And the podcasters are like, no, I don't believe in the boogeyman. I believe in Michael Myers. Right. And she's like, he's done all these horrible things and you still want to call him human. She's like, he's the boogeyman. Right. So I thought thematically, yeah. if Michael Myers had died right then and there and bec- and the doc had taken over this persona, yeah. that would have been very on theme. That's what I'm saying. That's why I, that's why I really, I, I was like, it, it makes really more sense. There. But then, <laughs> but nope. But no, he's alive. He drag. He just puts the mask on for fun, and he puts he mm-hmm. puts Michael Myers's body. It in, is Halloween. In, yeah, it is Halloween. I mean, it's a, if there's one night to wear a mask, so they put tonight's it. They put, and when he like puts Michael Myers' body in there, and he's like he's like inches from him, I was like, are they gonna kiss? Like they were like they were very like. He was like, it oh was, Michael, um, Michael, Michael. Obscure, like his body was so obscured. That I couldn't really get a sense of how he fit in the backseat with the granddaughter, Allison. Oh, oh my God. I couldn't even. It was, I was like, like there's like his kind of hand in her frame. Yeah. But it was really hard to get a sense of that backseat. The spatial <laughs> recognition. I didn't have enough spatial awareness as I would have liked to have to have like fully grasped what it would what it would have been like to have been, been a passenger yeah, I want to see. Car. Can we turn the lamp on? Yeah. I want to <laughs> see. Can we get some lights? But... But, um, so yeah, the mask was just for fun. Chucks it in the back seat. Michael starts to come too. He starts to like twitch awake. I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's alive. The, that whole idea about be, this being more than a person goes away. And yeah, the, the really cool like theme that they sort of built is like, uh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Michael comes to you and he's like, okay. Which, a, a fake out's still fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. It sounds like I'm making excuses, but I'm actually not because I I really do like a surprise just in any form. So to surprise us with the doc killing the sheriff and then to take away the surprise, it's still surprise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, so. it, you're right. We're, we're, it sounds like we're complaining, but we're not. And <laughs> I'm truly not complaining because it just had me guessing. Yeah, because like, at all times, it does sort of reconcile pretty quickly because as soon as Michael comes to, he, Kills the doctor. <laughs> yeah, he's back. He he's like sort of saying to the girl, like, I don't he's weird. I'm not with him. Yeah. I thought I thought I wanted to see Michael's um like imprinting on Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought I thought I wanted to see it transfer to Allison. Yeah. Like, oh, you're my new object of obsession. Sure. But he doesn't discriminate. He still just wants to kill. Yeah, he anyone. He makes quick work of the doctor and mm-hmm. And in in the background of all this, Judy Greer, useless, has has been shepherded along with Weird Dad to Jamie Lee Curtis's bunker. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where we start to learn more about Judy Greer and how she was raised. Was raised. And how she does have some gun experience. Yeah, everyone gets a weapon. Jamie Lee had plenty to go around. This was a funny scene because Jamie Lee Curtis takes like whatever the huge gun. Um, 
Judy Greer like gets gets them. like a shotgun and then she gives like a little pistola to the man. Like a, the, the tiniest, man. the tiniest gun you could imagine. <laughs> Again, I have to assume not by accident. No, that like was intentional. That was intentional. Wanted to emasculate. <laughs> Literally like the Stop. tiniest gun you could imagine. Yeah. He didn't he didn't stand a chance. Honestly though, with like what I had seen from him. I wouldn't even trust him with a water gun. Like, I would have been like, um, I don't know what I want in your hands. The gun somehow felt right size for him. It just felt spot on. Oh, absolutely. Anything and more would have been inappropriate. It, she was like this, accurate. Here you go. This, high capacity. And, she you know, she, Jamie Lee was, like, taking pains to describe yeah. what each weapon was for, which was, I appreciate. She was giving him, weapons. like, basically, like, safety scissors. And she was like, these are good because they're they're better fit for your hands. And she's like, Ugh, <laughs> you take this. <laughs> yeah, I think I wrote, um, so dad is, like, as we're cross-cutting between Dr. Allison, Michael Myers, and, like, the compound at home, dad is yo-yoing. In front of the security cams. Oh my God. Missing the fact that Michael Myers has arrived. Useless. And is murdering the cops out front who are comic relief. We had a couple instances of comedic relief in this movie. Yeah. Um, the babysitter, her little babysitty Julian and the boyfriend dying in a very funny. Oh, with the scene. child they were babysitting with, who was so yeah, Julian. funny. Julian is MVP of this movie where he's like, you're going to come and smoke weed. I know it. And she's like, I'm not. And he's like, you are. It was so funny. Yeah, they're dead. Um, we <laughs> never check in on Julian. No. He runs out. He's just like, I'm going to get help. Leaves. <laughs> we'll but okay. trust him. We cut to dad is yo-yoing in front of the security cams, missing the, um, the banh mi sandwich cops getting murdered. And I'm just like, again, are they trying to make the men look stupid? Look stupid. To elevate Jamie Lee Curtis' I mean, status. That and if so, I'm fine with that. <laughs> right. Because even totally if with it. that scene is insane. And then, um, obviously, so Michael kills these police officers. And then he turns on the, the siren on their car just to kind of like distract whoever's inside. This, this dad then opens the front door, goes Go outside... <laughs> Unarmed, I think. If any, he didn't know where his pistola was, but didn't know where it was. When Michael comes up and kills him, I, I literally was like, "Thank God, finally." I mean, I, well, let's all get a knife in there because <laughs> everybody join in because been waiting since frame one for this man to die. I could have, I would have, you know, what would have been a really funny scene is if, if when Judy Greer and and Jamie Lee Curtis were doing like kind of like their little house tour, if Jamie Lee Curtis would have been like, you know what. He's dead weight. He's slowing us down. He's slowing us down. Let's just have him. Let's have him wait outside, and then let's just let's just cut our losses. And like a little in the basement the whole time. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to be in the basement, and yeah, I don't know when he died. It was just this weird scene, though, because he dies, and you have this feeling of. It's kind of funny in the sense because he's so useless. But on the other hand, I'm like, okay, he's he's that girl's dad. Like, she, no, like her dad. Because what the movie is suggesting is that like these these killings from 40 years are still having this profound traumatic effect. And like this movie is going to be their way of like reclaiming their narrative. And then like her, she has to come watch her dad die. 
It's, no, I know. It's very strange. It's a very strange reckoning they're I don't, doing. Like, I don't know what to say almost. Like, it is just a bigger budget Hollywood blockbuster from the first. The first felt so lovely, so small, such a tiny little flick. You really felt like Michael Myers just imprinted on this girl, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, who reminded him of his sister who he killed when he was six. Right. So you really felt like he was just going after these girls that like reminded him of his sister. Yeah. And the boyfriends in the first one died along with it because they went with the, they went along with it. Like right. they were all promiscuous and they deserve to die. This one, you lose that little like kernel of what makes Michael My- Myers, Michael Myers, just because he's kind of just like not discriminating. He's just kind of killing everybody. Right. And they so, even say that the doctor says that he's like, he, he won't discriminate. He's just going to kill. And I'm like, but that's not really what he does or what we were yeah. fed earlier on. Like, I just want, like, you, the first one, the 1978 one builds that he's going to relentlessly stalk anyone who's, who gets in the way of him and Jamie Lee Curtis. So I would buy that he kills anyone in the way. But, like, he really was killing for sport in this one. But you're and right. You're right, though. It makes though, it just a in, bigger movie. In the car scene, that is what makes it so strange that when he comes to, you would think that his first reaction would be to kill the Allison. girl. Yeah. Who, That's what I thought. By the way, was not separated by metal barricades like the psychiatrist was. He was laying on her was. lap. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it is, in her lap. It is strange in that sense. But yeah, I thought he was going to come to look her in the eyes. There was going to be like a close up shot of his eyes, hers eyes, his eyes, her, her eyes. And it was going to be like, this is my new object of obsession. Yeah. It has transferred <laughs> from JLC to her granddaughter. Yeah. And Skip Judy maybe, Greer. maybe even like his eyes, hers eyes flash to little to his sister who he killed in 62. Right. Connecting all three sort right. of deal. No, he's just interested in getting to that booby trapped house. Yeah. And this was honestly like, this was such a good like segment of the movie. I loved it. Do you like these segments in all horror movies? Like I know, I just feel like they're so inevitable that I almost, I'm like, ugh, this is where the movie gets the least fun for me. it, It was inevitable, but what I liked about it was when we did the initial house tour, there were still some... There were still some secrets to the home that we weren't aware of, and that's what I did like. So once we find out that useless dad is dead, Jamie the Curse is like, this is ridiculous. She sends Judy Greer down to the basement. She's like, wait here. Like, I'm I'm, I'm gonna do a stay, quick s- stay here. I'm gonna do a quick looky loo through the home. Um oh right, because Michael had broken in after this and he almost chokes her to death, whatever. Yeah, and so Michael Myers is like breached the perimeter. He's breached. like in the house now. And she goes room to room and she has these like metal drop doors. Oh, that That's was when, so cool. So I like this because it, it, She's like, it felt new. Even though we knew the house, it was like, oh, there's there's something more to be discovered here. And it was like, it also made me think there must be, there's something else we don't know, which is true. Very true. I I actually did like this. I was like, wow, okay, this is elaborate. She was kind of like sizing up each room, clearing it. Yeah. And then once the room was cleared, she would lock it. Yeah. You know, the cage would come down and it would lock, which was really cool. And I was like, okay, this actually makes sense with 40 years time. Yeah. 
you have the, you have the time on your hands to do this. <laughs> I loved it because she was basically closing off all the rooms and you know this is not being rude about her home but it's not that big. So eventually it's going to force Michael down to, to the to first floor spot. to the basement for yeah. We find out that's where she wants him. But yeah, I thought that was a little insane that like for 40 years she's just like get him here. Yeah. <laughs> And as in this she, one room. As she's doing this, granddaughter arrives. She, I guess she gives dad a little look on the way in. She thinks he's taking a nap. Dad has been moved to the closet. So oh, I don't think she sees him. right, 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 right. And that was a nod to 1978. In 78, Jamie Lee Curtis opens closets yeah. and sees her friends in the closets dead. Right, right, And right. this was a fun little callback. Fun. Um, that was good. Let's get dad off Michael the Myers moved dad into the closet. Right. So Jamie Lee opens the closet door, sees him all tied up, and she's like, oh no, I'm alone. The one thing I didn't like when the, when the granddaughter gets there is that and she had been doing it for the whole movie, but it just felt really out of place during this scene. She opens the door and she goes, Grandmother! Grandmother! Yeah, they'd been calling her grandmother the whole movie. I was like... That was what... The, it was like Nana. I was like, don't we have code names or something fun? Sure. Mimi? Sharpshooter. <laughs> Angel One. <laughs> LS. Strong, I would, I strong would... Strode. I would love it if she if this made it past many cuts of the movie and she just goes Jamie Lee. Yeah. <laughs> JLC no, yeah. where you be? But she Grandmother was her name like in this movie. Yeah, it just felt like you know, there's murder in the house and you're yelling <laughs> grandmother. Yeah. So once the the three generations of women realize that they're all that's left, we have this weird like reconciling in the basement where um, Jamie Lee Curtis goes, I was wrong to raise you the way I did. And Judy Greer is like, no, you made me strong or something. <laughs> it was just like, she was like a little late. She was just sort of like, you know what? I forgive you. I was like, oh my God, you've really. Which, like she doesn't say it, but she's like, Yeah, she no. doesn't say it. She's just sort of just like, I get it it's now. Like, I appreciate you. I get it now. <laughs> yeah, but. So, like, Jamie Lee has been following him all over the house, and everything is just a flesh wound with Michael Myers. Like, everything's just, like, a shoulder graze, yeah. a finger. She, like, blasts one of his fingers off, right? Everything right, is just, does. like, he can still recover. He can still so recover. He still can walk, too, even. He's full function of his legs. Yeah, he's he's doing just fine. Yeah. And, like, Judy Greer's in the basement. I love this fake out. It's, like, almost at the end end, and she's, like... You know, she's um, sizing him up. Right. So they're in the basement. Jamie Lee, oh, what Jamie Lee, Lee Jamie almost Lee? has him. Well, she almost has him exactly where she wants him. Like oh. She's following him all over. And Judy Greer like winds up in the basement. Like she's got well, a clear shot. Well, no, 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 no. Remember that Jamie Lee does find him in the room and he pushes her out the balcony and she lands on the oh. ground. Oh. And by, yeah, and then we cut away. So grandmom's essentially out of the house now. She's not there. Mm -hmm. And he looks out, or Michael Myers looks on the ground, and Jamie Lee Curtis's body is gone. And they put yes, that, another, little, that little sound callback. Another nod um, to 1978. Um, in 78, she pushes Michael Myers out the window. Yeah. We clock that he's there, cut away, cut back, he's gone. He's gone. 
Um, they do this many times in 2018. They mirror, they make them switch places, which could be a really fun thing to talk about thematically if we have the time. But yeah, so he, grand, you're right. Grandmother's out of the house. Yeah. From what we can see, grandmom's gone and Michael Myers is going to go down because all that's left is Judy Greer and, you know, she's not putting up much of a fight. Yes. So we think. And so we think. And she's got like target practice. She's got the gun up and yeah. she's like saying, like, mother, I can't do this. Like, you have to come, blah, blah, blah. And Michael Myers steps into the frame mm-hmm. and she just goes, gotcha. <laughs> She gets a she gets a clean shot to the eye. Clean shot to wasn't it like the shoulder or something? No, she shoots him in the eye. It literally like Really? It's a face shot. Oh. I just wrote at this point in my notes, love how it's still all flesh wounds. Oh. <laughs> I go, I I just love how like they're like keep Michael Myers alive. Well, not only that, like she shoots him in the eye. Even if it's in even, even let's let's just say it is the shoulder. Jamie Lee Curtis comes up behind him and then stabs him in the back. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. I mean this this would be tough to recover from and he he still got a little fight in him and yep. goes downstairs he kind of tumbles down the stairs and he gets a hold of Judy Greer's leg and I sort of just like you know take her <laughs> set her down <laughs> but the daughter gets a knife stabs him he goes down yeah and then this was the this was my favorite line in the movie. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Well, I can't. Do, I don't. I didn't write it down word for word, but I'll just get the essence of it. They're like, I forget who says it. I think it's Judy Greer when she was like, "It's not a, it's not a." What did she say? It's not a. I don't remember. She I don't remember okay. A line she says it's at like, this point. It's oh, not, it's not a cage. No, it is a trap. It's one of those, it's something like that, but. Yeah, because Judy, I guess what we were supposed to get from her whole childhood is Judy Greer felt like she probably grew up in a cage. Like she felt like she yeah. was just like grew up like, like an animal in a cage. And they push him in the basement and this was the, the best little fun so surprise. So good. The bars push come at button, the top. Bars lock him down there. Yeah. And all over the house are little gas lines and little flame yeah. Points. And at the click of a button, it's flame, gas, ignite, flame, gas. And like they're just basically setting the house on fire. Yeah. They load up and the they house set with Michael gas, on fire. T- toss a little firecracker down and he starts to burn. And yeah. And they're just staring at him from up there. And yeah, she, you're right. She does say something like it's not, it wasn't a cage. This is supposed to be her freeing herself from her lame childhood. She's like, yeah. Her traumatic childhood. She, She's like, it's not her, a cage, it's a trap. Her character is the one that I'm most interested in seeing next week when we watch Halloween Kills because I think that if they give her more of this, I think she could be a really great character because I love Judy Greer and I just, I like her energy. It was just, it was so much of one note in this movie with her up until this point, obviously, that it was just like, it was so exhausting. No, I know. I want to see her in the next movie straight up convert like i want to see her in like fatigues yeah i want to see her carrying a gun at all times like i want to see her ready right so i'm excited for that but anyway so so, so they watch michael myers burn right basically but the only like hiccup to their plan which becomes known at the end is that not only does the basement burn but the whole house is catching on fire so they leave yeah 
And well, she, they lead you to believe she booby-trapped the house that way for it all to go on fire. Right. But on the way out, as they're being, they kind of get into the back of a truck and they're being taken for medical care, we see that the fire department is going back mm. to put out the fire. I was going to say to you, I'm like, how do we have a sequel? Um, like, what, what's your theory? Because it looked like to me that house was going to burn to the ground. Well, that was my thought like, too. to the ground. Because, and this is why I think there was, that was like the flaw in it was that instead of just the basement being like a cell that burned, the whole house yeah. sort of starts to collapse and burn. Yeah, I'm and, like, there's no way out of this one. But on, when a few minutes later, the fire trucks are coming and you see Jamie Lee Curtis like screaming like let no let it burn let it burn so i think oh. we're supposed to infer that the fire department gets there and i'm a big old idiot yeah and no, no, I, no. I, I, <laughs> i'm like yeah i had the yes, same reaction because my thought was like how is he going to get out of this and then i was like oh it's not just it's not like a steel tomb that is incinerating it's like the whole house is burning so mm-hmm. maybe like some wood beams fall and he's able to get out. Well, we know he gets out. Well, obviously I mean, like, we have a second like, one. Duh, of course he does. But I'm a big old dummy. And it's really funny. I watched this for YouTube. So we're going to be able to see me look like an idiot. But like I didn't clock. I was like, yeah, when a house is on fire, the, the fire department comes. Like I just didn't see anything right. wrong with it. Right. I was like, of course. And I, and I knew he gets out because there's sequels. So that... That didn't land for me. It's that only her because plan her, all along yeah. was to let it like go to the, burn to the ground, and then the fire department was going to directly hinder that. Like I didn't get that right. at all. And I think that was part of the problem is that because she was injured, she gets taken away right away. Like by she them. couldn't oversee. She, she couldn't oversee the burning. Right. I think in a perfect world, she would have like stood outside and watched it burn all the way to the ground, and just to make sure. Just to make sure, but. Um, so if I was to give her any feedback on her house, I would have just said like, line the basement with like aluminum foil and just be like, just keep the fire there. Yeah. Cause what I kept wanting to happen too, was that basement door to close Um, or some sort of hatch to come down to lock him in the basement so that once the basement burned, he stayed there with it. They take pains. Not only are they taking pains the whole movie to make sure he's just coming away with scratches. Yeah. Like, they take pains to leave that open. You know what I was... So he could maybe get out. (laughs) So this is basically the ending of the movie. And then you know what I was thinking the whole time was... What? How funny would it have been uh, for a promotional thing is if they would have had... Because so much of the movie is Lori as a personality and her home. If they had her go on trading places... (laughs) And they have someone come and redo one of her rooms. <laughs> and she has. <laughs> I want like a post credit scene. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Would be- like, remember how they used to do that? Those like comedic post credit yeah. scenes. Yeah. Something like that. Where like, she's like on a show where she has to like work with, like she redoes her neighbor's room. And someone- she's like, hey, I'm Paige Davis and you're watching Trading Spaces. Yes. And it's like Lori with her fried hair yeah. and she looks really awkward yeah. and she's just like. I don't know why I can't shake this image of her being, of it being so funny to have Lori Strode on Trading Places. <laughs> You know, there is something to this trading place. Spaces. Trading spaces. spaces. Trading spaces thing where we've touched on it maybe once or twice on the pod. I don't know if our listeners have heard an episode yet where we talk about trading spaces, but. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Is there like a is there like a Trading Spaces rewatch pod out there? Because we might have to we might have to do it. <laughs> we might have to like take the burden on because <laughs> it's just it so would... cl- it was culturally just so insane. And it, yeah, it's just like as crazy as some like early Tyra Banks stuff, some yeah. early like top model that I it think would be a fun, like a rewatch, a fun rewatch for Trading Spaces. <laughs> I would love that. Um, Relive the trauma. Yeah, but basically, I would say that I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was thrilling. It was just scary enough to scare me where I had nightmares for one night. By night, oh okay, you did. So I'll be curious to see what happens going forward. But I'm very, very interested to see the next one because I think, where do we go from here? And how are they going to improve Judy Greer's character? (laughs) (laughs) I know. They deserve it. I mean, she deserves it. Like, that would be so unfair if they did her dirty again. Some redemption. Yeah. I feel like this movie was made in a lot of ways to get like a get out of the way, get it out of the way kind of movie. Yeah. To really set up the fun in the next two. Right. Because we got rid of all of the dead weight. Like we got rid of all of that exposition. And I feel like we can really hit the ground running in Halloween Kills. So I like the function of this movie, which is like the vehicle and like a carrier for all that information. Mm Mm-hmm to launch us to Halloween Kills. Like, it's going to just make Halloween Kills epic. Starring and Kyle I, Richards. Is Kyle Richards coming back? Yeah, she's in the she's in Halloween Kills. Oh, my God. Why didn't they put her in this one? Well, I think I think sort of like you were just saying that they wanted... Just get, it, get this one out of the way. Yeah. And I think I, I actually appreciate that they didn't have Kyle Richards in this one because... It would have been so. It would have been so bogged down in the referential. It allowed us to get to know these new characters, and now we're gonna kind of touch back on. Yeah, I don't know how I feel because it's just like I wanted to see more whispers. There were nice, really fun thematic nods to the first. Yeah, and visual nods where, like I said, that um, Michael Myers and Laurie would trade places with like things that happened in the first versus this one, but like. I wanted more nods to Michael Myers imprinting on Lori, imprinting on her granddaughter, daughter, like the stuff, more stuff that happened in the first. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This one is fun and I enjoyed it because it's jumpy. It's scary. The kills are epic. Okay. These are the best movie kills I've ever seen. They're very um, good. When he stomps oh, on the sheriff's head. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, and then, like, he even takes, like, um, the one boyfriend he stabs to the wall, which is what he does in 78. Yeah. Um, The kills in this are just so next level. The bloody teeth. Like, so I just love this for the way it heightened the world and the way it explored the world and the way we've, like, fleshed out um, Lori's last 40 years. Yeah. But I am so ready for the next two installments. Like, I'm ready to put this behind us. I'm ready to, and I'm ready for the experiment of doing something right when it comes out. So we will be. That'll be fun, guys. We will be coming at you as close to live as we can get. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited to do something that's like in theaters, like in real time. You're going to watch it at home, right? Halloween Kills? It's going to be released on Peacock. Okay. So we'll remind you guys in the next one where to find it, but. It'll, it yeah. should be on Peacock. 
I stupidly, I mean, not stupidly, but you you showed me that this one was on FX, right? FXM or something. This was on the FX Movies channel when I Yeah, checked. and I saw that the runtime was like a couple minutes shorter than the theatrical runtime. Uh, so I went and rented it on Amazon. But talking to you now, I'm starting to think I wonder where they, there was I nothing. wonder where it was. Did you have like fade outs to commercial in yours that you mm, clocked? No. Maybe not. Yeah, so I wish I didn't. I rented it for three ninety nine, but I just wanted to make sure I had the longest version. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna watch this in theaters next Thursday, seven p.m. That'll be good gonna, to get that perspective because it'll be interesting I to hear wait. what your fellow theater goers pick up on. It's always interesting. I can't wait because I'm gonna be truly a hundred percent more scared because it's very hard to scare me. I don't get scared easily. <laughs> And I think it's fun. Like, I just think it's so much fun. You like the rush? Yeah. So there was actually very few times in this where I jumped. Yeah. I I was freaked out. I would say, though, and this is the first 45 minutes of this movie were legitimately a lot more terrifying than the second 45. And that's coming from someone who gets scared by... Um, like a, a tissue following a, falling ga- a t- game of manhunt oh that's out of control that's not even I mean, that's that's basically this movie <laughs> i feel like you're the one who gave me the gasp for effect like in college like you would be like <gasps> oh my god you would gasp at everything oh my god <gasps> i think one time your vacuum turned on in your house i'm very the, like, i'm very you're jumpy i remember like growing up like in like <laughs> I guess specifically like elementary school, like teachers, like if, if somebody would do something across the room, I would always be like, <gasps> and like the teachers would, be, the teachers would be like, oh my God, you're so jumpy. And I was like, I'm alert. Okay. I, I have eyes on everything in here. I was That's like, rude of her. I would you're always so just jumpy. be like, I would always just be shocked when people didn't react to foreign noises, sounds, shapes, objects. And, um, you know, I'm going to just take it in stride. Yeah, take it in, take it in Strode. <laughs> take it in Laurie Strode. You're you're a jumpy individual, and it's so fun. This is I'm not knocking you. It's so fun to watch a scary movie with somebody who's jumpy, who's like jumped. who get gets there. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch this in theaters. I hope my seatmate is really jumpy. Like I hope they kick something. <laughs> that like reflex when you hit your kneecap. I want to see that leg jump. Oh, bring one of those. <laughs> bring one of those little things for the doctor's office. Yeah, and, and, well, and say, hey, before I choose my seatmate, I want to do this reaction test because I want to find the jumpiest person here. I go through the whole theater. <laughs> guys, guys, come on. I have to tap your knees. I'm not... A half hour beforehand, I'm like... <laughs> I'm not playing around. I need to find the right seatmate. I know, but I have those stupid assigned seats because I think they're recliners. Oh, no. I didn't go to the recliner theater. That's okay. Anyway. Yeah. This was epic, really took the quiet 1978 movie, really blew it up on a Hollywood budget. I cannot wait to see this in theaters. Um, I'll be able to tell you the jumpiest parts for the theater goers, and then um, I'll probably catch it back at home to make sure I have notes on it. Right. And so um, we'll be releasing this and Halloween Kills in the month of October. That's so exciting. Spooky season. Spooky, scary season. Um, Okay, you guys, as always... Please like the pod, rate it five stars, review it. Um, send it to five of your friends and make them send it to five. Yeah. And then send it's us not a the pyramid. Receipts. It's not a pyramid. No, We're no, no, working no. to build a triangular shape. It's very different. Yeah. 
It's just the most structurally sound shape. It's the strongest. It's the strongest. Yeah. Send the receipts and um, we'll read your name on air. How about that? Yeah. Let us show us five people that you sent it to. Show us five text messages. Yeah. Yeah. Or a recorded phone call. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If If you're sending it to your parents, it's going to have to be a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Or like an AOL email address. Yeah. And just record it and that's fine. We'll listen to it. Yeah. We will read your name on air and you will get our undying love and support. Um, we thank you so much. Uh, Stephen has a hard out today. I have a hard out. So, Stephen has a hard out today. So I'm going to say thanks so much for listening. And <laughs> well, I can we'll say goodbye. I can week. say goodbye too. I don't have to leave right this second. I, I see in my head, I wanted a, I wanted to like set up a bit where oh, oh. I alienate you, where oh. I go, Stephen has a hard out, but it didn't work. <laughs> oh. It didn't work because like, I haven't I didn't taken I haven't that. taken a two person sketch class. So I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. It was one of those moments. In I was like, wait, you're I not t- telling the truth. <laughs> it was one of those moments in improv where I tried to just take over the scene, and then when it didn't go how I wanted it, I was like, wait. Remember in the office where Michael takes the improv class, and he oh just he just he just shoots everyone every God. time. <laughs> that is the most epic, epic moment in office history. So epic. You do you know? You haven't taken improv, right? Have you? No. Can you believe? I can't believe it. But notoriously, <laughs> I'm, I'm shook. I'm shocked because you're so good. So no. so good at picking up signals. Notoriously, in improv, they tell you don't bring a gun on stage because <laughs> no. you. The literally rule number one of improv is like yes and number rule number two of improv is don't bring a gun on stage because if you kill someone on stage they have to lay there dead for the remainder of the scene and then you don't have a scene partner right right so um <laughs> it's just cutting from Michael's talking head to actual footage of him in improv class and he's like I think the most exciting thing that could ever happen in an improv class is you bring a gun on stage and then he he just goes bang 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 and everyone dies. <laughs> it's such a smart the show is written really smart but that that one oh gutted me it's good well we've really extended my time since you were trying to get me out of here a minute ago so I know, here i, was I trying am to get steven out i was trying to be like a good producer and get steven out um we're still good we're still on time but <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening and yeah bye steven dun, 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 dun. oh bye can, can we get a goodbye please bye <laughs> bye, bye.